I just wonder. I wonder what any pastor would have thought would preach on this morning. What we should be preaching on this morning is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of Christianity. It is mentioned 104 times in the New Testament. It was and it is always the absolute prominent fact in the history of the world. The resurrection is everything to Christianity. The crucifixion loses its meaning without the resurrection. The life of Christ is a waste of time. It's a wasted life if Christ is still in the grave. Without the resurrection, there would be no Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is what separates us from all other religions. Of course, it's not a religion. Buddha died still in the grave. Muhammad died still in the grave. Joseph Smith died still in the grave. Jesus died and rose again on the third day. And Jesus is still saving souls today. He is still saving everyone who will come to him. Because a dead savior can't save anyone. And because of the resurrection, hope is here. We don't think like the unbeliever and we don't act like the unbeliever because we have hope. And this hope is an eternal hope. And this hope will never change. Jesus said, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of Hades and death. O death, where's your sting? O grave, where's your victory? Jesus said, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also, and because he lives, and because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Can't you? Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know he holds the future and life is worth living because he lives. I am alive because he lives. He paid a debt that I could not pay. I owed a debt that I could not pay, but he paid a debt that he did not owe. He did it for me. The resurrection is not just one day of the year. The res resurrection is every day of the year for the believer. The resurrection is not the end, but the resurrection is the beginning for the believer. It will, uh, it will affect, the resurrection will affect how you live. The resurrection will affect how you think. The resurrection should affect every area of your life. Because the resurrection changes everything. Because in him we live and we move and have our being. All of us like sheep had gone astray. And every man had turned to his own way. But God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. And he's not in a manger anymore. And he's not in the tomb anymore. And that is very encouraging. He is alive, never to die again, and that gives us hope. 1 Peter 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This hope is, is a living hope and this hope is a lasting hope. A future we can count on because of Christ's resurrection. Christians have a hope of eternal salvation. It should change everything in our life. It will not, the resurrection message will never change. It will be the same forever. It is protected by God himself. My hope is not in this world. My hope is not in man. My hope is not in the Democrats or the Republicans. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I dare not trust a sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. And on that solid rock I stand, how about you? All other ground is sinking the sand. All other ground. Houdini, the magician, the guy that does all the magic and everything, you might know Houdini, who he was, but he said that he would raise himself from the dead after being dead 15 years. After being dead 15 years, he said he was going to raise himself from the dead. And people came from all over the world and they waited and they waited and they waited and they waited and nothing happened. He's still in the grave. He's still there. But the tomb of Jesus Christ was empty. Jesus predicted his own death. And every time he mentions his death, he mentions the resurrection to kind of prepare the disciples for his death. Jesus said from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and being raised from the third day. They didn't even hear the being raised from the third day. They didn't even hear that. You know how people are. They kind of hear what they want to hear. You know what I mean? Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, the Bible says. When Peter, when Peter heard that he was going to go to the cross and die, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Said, he said, Lord, this can't, this can't happen to you. But Jesus told Peter to get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Peter was getting in God's way and getting in God's will. He was, Peter was trying to help him out. And he was getting in the way of God's plan. Many times in my ministry, since I don't have all the answers, many times God just tells me just to get out of the way. He ever told you just to get out? I got this. Get out of the way. Now, Peter, Peter was trying to help out, but, but Peter was getting in God's way because Jesus Christ was in complete control of his death and resurrection. Peter was not considering God's purpose, nor did Peter understand this purpose. It was unthinkable to see a savior, a sinless savior, go to the cross and to die for a bunch of sinners. In Peter's mind, this was unthinkable. Jesus said, destroy this temple, John 2, you know it, destroy this temple, Jesus said, and in three days I'll raise it up. Then the Jews said, hey, it took us 46 years to build this temple. 
And you're going to raise it up in three days? But the Bible said, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, his disciples remember that he said this and they believed the scripture and the word was Jesus spoken. This is a body resurrection. This is not a spiritual resurrection like a lot of the cults teach. They teach that Jesus rose from the dead spiritually, but not bodily. No, Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. I got the power to raise it up. I got the power to pick it up and lay it down as I please. And this was a bodily resurrection. People needed proof. And the Bible says, in whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Acts 1.3, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He said it was seen by over 40 people right there. And 1 Corinthians said he was seen by over 500 people at one time. In a court of law, you only need one witness at the most two. They were seen by 500 at one time. Jesus wanted to make sure that people saw him after he raised from the dead because there was questions going around that he had not. Jesus wanted to put a stop to that. That's why he said in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive and in which you stand, by which you also are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died according to the scripture. Paul says, it's not my opinion. You can get an opinion anywhere. He said, it's, he said Christ died according to the scripture and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. And that he was seen by Cephas, Peter, and then the twelve. And that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remains to this present, but some have fallen asleep. You know, he, was, he appeared to Peter first. He said it appeared to Cephas and then the twelve. It was Peter that denied the Lord three times. It was Peter who said, Lord, I'm ready even to go to a prison with you and I'm even ready to die for you. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you even know me. Who did Jesus appear to first? He appeared, rose from the dead and he appeared to Peter because Peter felt so bad. Peter needed encouragement. Peter thought the Lord was done with him. Peter thought he had crossed the line. But Jesus still used him. Jesus still used Peter. God has to use imperfect people because that's all he's got. They have a doctrine going around, going like sinless perfection. Other words, you can reach the point in your Christian life on this earth that you never sin again. That is wrong. That is bad doctrine. Even Paul said he hadn't arrived. Peter preached the day of Pentecost. This guy, when he saw Jesus had ridden from the dead, he had such a fire in his heart. He preached on Pentecost. And what is his message was? It was centered around the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ out of his own experience. Acts chapter 2. Turn to that Acts chapter 2. It's in your Bible. I want you to see this because this is in black and white. Acts chapter 2 verse 22. This is a guy. This is a guy that used to be a coward. This is a guy. But once he saw Jesus, these apostles went crazy preaching that gospel. Acts 2.22, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst. And as yourselves also know, him being delivered by the, by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by what lawless hands have crucified and put to death, whom God raised what from the dead. The resurrection right there. Heaven loosed the pains of death because it was impossible that he should be held by it. For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he said, for he is at my right hand that I might be, not might be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you. This here is a fisherman preaching. This guy, he wasn't no preacher. He was a preacher that day, though. He said, here, look in here. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarchs of David, for he is both dead and, and, and buried. And his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to seat on his throne. And for seeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, this Peter preacher now, he, he probably pointed at him. He said, this Jesus God has raised up of which we are witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit and poured out this which you, which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into heaven. For he said to himself, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know uh, surely that God has made this Jesus, whom y'all crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter uh, and the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Peter didn't say go join a church someplace and he didn't say go shake nobody's hand. You know what Peter told him to, to do is to repent. Look what Peter said. He said, repent to them and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all those who are afar off as many as the Lord God will call. And with many other words, he testifies and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved. Then those who were glad to receive the word were baptized. And that that day was about 3,000 souls was added. This is believed to be Peter's first sermon. I'd like to preach your first sermon and 3,000 3, people get saved. Peter, this resurrection thing has caused some problems over the years because people try to play it down. Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Peter and John, he had thrown in jail. 
because they preached on the resurrection and it bothered some people. Acts 4, 1 through 4. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees, which they didn't believe in the resurrection, the Sadducees didn't, they came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in what? Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. These are the religious leaders. The apostle preached on the resurrection. They were greatly disturbed. And they verse trees and they laid hands on them and put them into custody until the next day. For it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. The resurrection, it, it, it bothers some people. Because, see, people, people, if he's alive, that means that someday people got to face him. If he's alive, everybody's got to face him, either as your savior or as your judge. But you got to face him one day. And when you take that last breath, man, when you take that last breath, if you haven't got Christ in your heart, you got problems. We should be telling everyone that Jesus is alive. We are proof to everyone that he, what he did for us. This message here, the resurrection message, will never change. The world doesn't know that Jesus is alive. The world don't know that. They out there buying Easter money and Easter eggs and Easter baskets and everything else. They don't know why. That's why we got to tell them. The world is searching. The world is searching for answers. Everyone here this morning, if you are born again believer, you have a testimony. You can tell people, I once was blind, but now I see. If you are born again believer this morning, you have a testimony. And if you don't have a testimony, then you're not saved. Your testimony is very powerful because people do not, a lot of people do not read the Bible. And most people who criticize the Bible have never read it. Everyone this morning has a testimony. People don't read the Bible, but they read you. If you say you're a believer, your family is watching. People on your job is watching. If you say you're a believer, but we are living proof. We know that he's alive because he changed our life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Look at your life before you became a believer and look at your life now. And you should be able to tell a tremendous difference. The life that we live now is the glory, is, is Jesus living inside of us. People should see a difference. Maybe you're not what you ought to be, but you sure ain't what you used to be. When Jesus, when Jesus came, he found that, he, you know, when Lazarus died and Jesus waited four days and, and Martha said, Lord, you know, if you had been here, my brother, he never would have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha said, I know he will at the resurrection and the last day. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus perfectly, purposely waited four days and he raised Lazarus from the dead. The Apostle Paul writes, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12, uh, the risen Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. Paul here is talking about the resurrection. Paul got himself in a lot of trouble talking about the resurrection. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how some among you say there's no resurrection? There were a lot of folks say, oh, man, ain't no resurrection. Paul says, if Christ, how, how could some people be saying there's no resurrection? If there's no resurrection of, of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is empty. If Christ is in the grave, it's no sense in me being out here preaching. It's no sense in you coming to church. It's no sense in you reading your Bible. If Christ is in the grave, because a dead Christ can't save anybody. In my, Paul said, our preaching is useless. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if, in fact, the dead does not raise. For if the dead does not raise, if Christ is not risen, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile or empty. If Christ is in the grave, your faith is no good. You might as well close your Bibles, go home, and never come back if he's in that grave. Because you, Peter said, we have found false witnesses. You, he said, well, you are, we have found liars because we testified that he's alive. And if Christ is not risen, your, your, risen, your faith is true and you are still in your sins. That means that you have not been forgiven. If he has not risen, you haven't been forgiven. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ perished. In this life, if you only have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiful. If you only have hope in this life, as bad as it is out there, if this is your only hope right here in this life, he says, man, you are pitiful. This, this, is, this is bad because it's not going to get any better. But if Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, for since by one, one man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ all shall be made alive. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, the Paul preaching before Agrippa. He said, Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? He said, I know you do. He said, why should it be a, so, uh, why should you be so concerned that God would raise the dead? Why, why would you be so concerned about that? Agrippa said, Paul, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Almost. Almost. They called Paul in Acts 17, 8, they called Paul a babbler. This certain... Epicurean historic philosophers encountered him and some said, what does this babbler want to say? Talking about Paul. Others said he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. 
They could not shut these people up. Nobody should be able to shut us up. Acts 17, verse 30 and 31, the Bible says, Truly these things of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And when they heard the, resurre resur when they heard the resurrection of the dead, the Bible says some mocked, while others say, we will hear you again at some other time. So Paul departed from among them. When you talk about the resurrection of dead, some people mock. Some people think, well, how could that be? But you tell them because you're not responsible for the results or you are delivered a message. You tell them what the Bible said. They say in verse six, he says, now the next day, after preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and says, we remember this guy, you know, while he was still alive, uh, uh, he would rise again in three days. And, and so they wanted to secure the tomb. Lest somebody will say his disciples came by night and stole the body. How are you going to secure Jesus in a tomb? How is that possible? But they tried. They wanted to guard the tomb. So Pilate said, hey, go and make it just as secure as possible. They didn't want the word to get out that Jesus has risen from the dead. A lot of people still don't believe that. People have, people for years have tried to disprove the resurrection. They have tried to disprove it. And everyone that tried to disprove it became a believer. Everyone. You can criticize Christianity all you want, but you'll never know until you try it. You can criticize it all you want. Jesus said, come and see. Come and see that the Lord is good. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. They didn't want the word to get out. The reason that they tried to disprove it, if Jesus is alive, someday they're going to stand before him. Everybody got to stand before him. All I'm saying this day, this morning, is to give Christ a chance. If you haven't, give him a chance to prove himself to you. When I'm talking to people on the streets, I tell people, well, you guys criticize Christianity. You, you know, you talk about us. You say, all they want is your money, man. Well, there's too many hypocrites in the church. I, I could say something on that, but I won't. But, uh, I said, come and see. I said, have you ever tried Christ? Well, my mother was a Christian, and my uncle was a Christian, and my grandmother was a Christian. No. Have you tried Christ? Oh, I've tried religion. That's the problem. You've tried religion, but you haven't tried Christ. Because if you try Christ, you're going to be different. You're going to be different if you meet Christ. Your life is going to change. You're going to bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So, and I ask people, are you willing to invite Christ to come into your life right now? And I see what they say. Some people do, some people don't. Some people put it off and say, well, you know, when I get 80 years old, I'll think about it. I'm saying, no, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised. 
Everyone tried to disprove the resurrection. They became a believer. The resurrection is good news. I know the gospel means the good news, but the resurrection is good news. And this good news, we should not keep to ourselves. It's too good a news. The world is looking for answers. And if God is going to work in these last days, he's going to work through his people. Because we have the answers. Why do you think God have us here at such a time as this? Why are we here now? So we can tell other people about Christ and his resurrection power, how he's able to save, how he's able to forgive, how he's able to love you and take you to heaven and give you everlasting life. Man, that's good news. But the Bible said, how, did, how then shall they call upon him who have not believed? And how shall they believe on him who have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How are they going to hear without a preacher? Jesus came and he died and he rose on the third day. And, and he is coming again because the signs are all around us. Look at this world. Look at the division. Look at the chaos. This is just signs of the times that we're living in. He's coming back. No one knows the day or the hour. The question is, if Christ were to come back today, are you ready? If Christ will come back today, are you ready? How do you get ready? Well, you repent of your sins. You admit that you're a sinner. And you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. The Bible said the wisdom of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For we all have sinned, the Bible says, and we've fallen short of the glory of God. There's no unrighteous, no, not one. But by the Bible says, well, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and he had come to me, I will in no wise cast out. He has never refused anybody. You cannot save yourself. You cannot be saved unless you believe in the resurrection because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you can be saved. Because with the heart man believes into righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. The Bible says whosoever believes in him will not be ashamed. The Bible says heaven is a beautiful place. Eyes have not seen ears have not heard even it has not even entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for us and Bible said one day the books will be open and you stand in there looking at it beautiful and they're going to look in the book and they're going to see if they can find your name and, and the Bible said if your name has not been written in the book you're going to be thrown in the lake of fire now, you don't want to do that when you can avoid it. But God gave people free will to choose. You can choose life or you can choose death. And God is not going to interfere with your free will. He is not going to force you to heaven if you don't want to go. But it's not his will that any should perish. But all come to repentance. He just said, you know, come unto me. Man, you've tried everything else. You've tried drugs, alcohol, sex, everything. 
And that empty, empty void inside your heart is still empty because nothing or no one can fill that empty void in your heart except Jesus Christ himself because God made man with a hole in his soul that only he can fill. I know lots of folks got lots of money and they miserable. Look at Solomon. He said it was all vanity. He had everything he wanted. And he still had that emptiness in the, inside. And you will always be empty inside until you come to Christ. Always. You want peace? Are you looking for peace this morning? Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. It's not as like the world going to give you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. He said, come now. Come now, let us reason together. You know, he's, he's like he's almost begging people. He said, come now, let us reason together, you and I. Though your sins are like a scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they should be as white as wool. Man, he'll forgive it all. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the righteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon you. He will abundantly pardon you. I don't care what you've done. He's going he to forgive it all. So then the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hear say, come. And let him who thirst come. Whoever, let, whoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. This is a free gift, man. Free gift. Can you imagine living forever? This is not your home if you're a believer. You're just passing through. Your citizenship is in heaven. Are you willing to come to Christ today if you haven't? Are you willing to come right now? I mean, it's your choice. Everyone that Jesus called, Jesus called publicly. So I'm going to ask you, if you want Christ, man, this is the most boldest thing you'll ever do. Get out of your seat and come down here and stand in the front so everybody can see you. Jesus said, if you confess me before man, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. The resurrection is for everyone. I got saved in 1978, Costa Mesa, California. It was 2,000 people there. And that little old guy named Jimmy Kimner, maybe about five foot five, little old guy like this, and preached that gospel like I had never heard before in my life. Little old dude like this. I'm thinking, dude, where are you getting all this stuff at? <laughs> I ain't never read that before in the Bible. I didn't know. He said, he said, God is talking to you. And it's like he's a man. It's like he was, he, like he was pointing at me. <laughs> Like he was pointing at me. And he said, you know, you've tried everything, but try Christ. And it was 2,000 people there, but I wasn't ashamed. My wife and I got saved the same night. And it was 2,000 people there. It was just clapping and everybody was so happy, man. And when I stood up, you know, I could just feel like it was weights just taking off my, back, off my body. 
I could feel like I was just as light as a feather, man. I could feel like it was just, and I'm thinking, man, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Boy, I tell you, I, I was happy. I was happy. So I went to work the next day, and I was scared to tell somebody because all my friends is going to laugh at me. And I didn't say nothing to none of them. All my beer drinking, pool shooting buddies, they would have laughed me to scorn, and I knew it. So I was by myself, and they kept coming to me. They says, what's wrong with you? They start staring at me. I'm like, what? They said, what's wrong with you? What did you, what did you do this weekend? What did you do this weekend? <laughs> and I told them the truth. And a lot of them laughed, and they laughed. But when they had a problem, who did they come to? They came to me. And I pointed them to Christ. And some of those, some of those guys right now are pastors. And they called me and apologized. I said, man, I thought, you was, I thought you were crazy. I thought you had gone off your rocker. Until I tried it. Until you try it, you'll never know. They told these apostles, they told these apostles, man, listen, we told y'all not to preach no more in that name, but y'all have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and brought this man's blood on us. Peter, Peter, Peter and the apostles said, listen, we ought to obey God rather than man. They told him to stop, preach. God says preach, and you guys said don't preach. Who do you think we're going to listen to? Man, they don't want us to preach now. But we got the answer, people. And I hope, there's a lot to say in the resurrection, but I hope that you can tell somebody that Jesus is alive. That Jesus is coming back. And the signs is all, all around us. Just closing at this, you know, just let me say this. Come in, I got 500 scripture up here. I, I could keep you guys here at 3 o'clock. Now, I won't. Don't get nervous. <laughs> when I was in the Methodist church, you stayed three hours. So this is nothing. So relax. I don't get... With Christianity, I'll just close with this one thing. Christianity, you have to make a decision. You cannot be neutral. Jesus said, who is not against me, he's for me. And he does not gather with me scatters abroad. You cannot be neutral. You can't straddle the fence. You've got to make a decision because no decision is a decision. Either you're a saint or you ain't. There's only two kingdoms. God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. And you are in one or the other. You are children of light or you are children of darkness. You are either a child of God or you are a child of Satan. You got to choose you this day who you're going to serve. You are a wheat or you are a tare. You are a sheep or you are a goat. When you die, you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. The Bible says, enter through, 
uh, the, the, the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many go that way. The Bible say, I have set before you life and death. Choose life. Job asked the question, if a man dies, shall he, shall he live again? The question is asked, what happens when people die? Is there life after death? Some people don't want to hear that. They don't want to talk about it. But Jesus said there's life after death. And when you leave here, you're going to go be with Christ or not. It's your decision. And I pray that you would make the right decision today. I pray you will. Let us bow in our heads in a word of prayer. And I pray right now, if there's anyone here that have not, that have not <clears throat> received Christ, I pray that you would invite him to your heart right now. Anyone here before we close? If you want Christ, just raise your hand. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he's willing to come and forgive anyone here. We don't want another day to pass without Christ. Father, we're so thankful that we are born-again believers. Lord, we're thankful that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I pray that this special day, the day that Jesus rose from the dead, that we don't forget that we can remember what he's done for us. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.